0: Hi, my name is Katie Malone.
1: And I'm Brendan, the husband.
0: And you're listening to The Little Flock, the podcast that offers practical insights about living a counterculture of goodness, truth, and beauty in a world of increasingly hostile secularism and indifference.
1: So, if you're looking to learn from two imperfect followers of Christ about how to live like the wheat amongst the darnel, this is definitely the podcast for you. Hi, everybody. Welcome along to this month's episode of The Little Flock Podcast. It's great to be back. Yeah, it is good, isn't it, Katie? It's been a month. Doing well. We are, so far, consistent. We've strung two (laughs) together in a row. Um, Just a couple of quick little admin things to get out of the way before we jump into today's topics of conversation and the questions that you've sent us. Uh, We've got some great stuff to talk about today. Uh, First of all, please, uh, whatever platform that you are listening on, if it allows you to give this show a rating, Please give it a rating if you're able to give it some stars and a positive comment or two. All of that really helps the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, That way you'll be kept up to date every time we publish a new episode of this podcast. Uh, If you want to support the work that we are doing, you can do that in two ways. One is you can go to lifenet.org.nz and you will see a donate button and it's got details there about how you can uh, make a donation. You can either become a one-off donor or you can become an AP supporter of the LifeNet Charitable Trust and support our important ministry work that way. If you're in New Zealand and you do that, you will get a tax receipt, which means that you can claim back your tax at the end of the year. The other way to do it, if you're interested, is go to patreon.com. Become a $5 monthly patron at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. The link is in today's show notes. And you will get access to a whole heap of patron-only content. So uh, our patrons get exclusive content every single week. So if... You're into stuff like um, commentary on cultural issues, current affairs, uh, our monthly Conservative Conversations podcast. You get the full-length episode of that if you're a patron, etc. So there's uh, yeah, th- there's lots there. Um, if you're interested in that, that's another way of supporting our work. Last but not leastly, is leastly a word? don't think so. No, definitely not. I'll <laughs> be in trouble, team, later on. For... <laughs> Ka- Katie is a, a um, lover of the um, appropriateness of mm, the English right. language. Yes. Because you are, you're, you studied what? Not
0: the English language. No, it was other uh, languages, you,
1: translation, Italian, <laughs> yes, linguistics. I hey, yes. wasn't it. You see, I know, I remember. Good, hmm. good husband. I didn't
0: study linguistics, but yeah.
1: Oh, I keep saying friend. that, but that's not. So I've been telling, I've been telling you people, people, people like Porky. <laughs> my, my wife is a PhD in, and uh, right, international yeah. Yeah. <laughs> intelligence. No, she just uh, she studied Italian and other stuff like that. So and yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I'm gonna. You know oh. nothing about nothing. What's that proverb? First rule of life. First rule of life is if you're in a hole.
0: No, you know nothing
1: about nothing. Well, and if you're in a hole, don't keep digging. So <laughs> I'll put my spade away right now. Um, okay, so one other thing. If you want to send us your questions and topics you'd like us to talk about, please do that. The best way to do it is to go to uh, lifenet.org.nz and at the top of the page there you will see a link for how you can actually fill in a form on the LifeNet website. Uh, you can also find that link at thelittleflockpodcast.org. So we've got a new URL. We, we we've, Things have, have, wow, have been sort of – up in the world. Yeah, we are. <laughs> things are moving and shaking. I should have said that, actually. We've got a brand new URL just for this show. So thelittleflockpodcast, no spaces, all lowercase.org. .org. And if you go to that URL, that takes you to our um, podcast page and uh, all the episodes are there. You can share it with your friends. And so there's also a link there at the top of that page for submitting your questions. And it takes you to the LifeNet website and it's it's a form on there. You don't need to give us your name if you don't want to. That's totally optional. I know a lot of people do, but you don't have to. So it's totally anonymous. We don't read out names on here generally anyway. So uh, yeah, send us your questions, send us your topics, and uh, we will will, uh, have a look at those. We actually had one come just a couple of days ago, which we're going to look at in this episode. Um, so that's how to get in contact with us and send us the um, questions that you want us to answer. Right. With that all out of the way, the burden of admin.
0: The Brendan spiel.
1: Yeah. Notices. <laughs> okay. Everyone sit down for notice time. I used to hate that. Does that, does that irritate you? No. Notices don't bother you. Man, it must be a dad thing. Come on, I ain't here for notices. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get the show on the road. We we had, uh, speaking of shows on the road, over the weekend and last week, uh, we were pretty fortunate in our little church community, and there's a school attached to it as well. We had this awesome guy called Andy Mullins mm. come from uh, Melbourne, Australia. And uh, yeah, Let
0: an Australian ca- come and talk to us.
1: Yeah, and about parenting he, and parenting with yet. faith and parenting with virtue. And yeah, what do you think? It was pretty awesome. It was eh?
0: pretty good. Yep, I was um, pleased that I twisted your arms and elbows and knees and legs and all the other things I had to twist to drag you out of the house on a weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and to be fair, I did come a little bit late. But
0: uh, <laughs> hey, I had a, I had a, just just to just to just to explain <laughs> what's going on
1: here. I had a I had a lawn to mow. And what else did I have to do? Lawn to mind. I had music to prepare for church, so I just had to. But I did arrive and and a little bit late. But it was we we, we came in separate cars. But
0: getting getting Brendan to do anything on a Saturday apart from projects is uh, is a pretty big deal. So yeah, yeah. I, I gave
1: day. I gave hours of my project time to the, yeah that's right. to the project, but of it was our worth marriage. it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, eh? It was awesome. He is awesome.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah, um, well worth. The time. And
1: you went along to the Thursday night. I I, did. I had something yeah. else on Thursday night, so I couldn't do that. But. You went along to the Thursday night where he talked about parenting with virtue. Parenting and, for character. A oh, parenting for character, and he yeah. talked about virtue and, and yes, yeah. Um, he's uh he's got a PhD. Is it in neuroscience? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So he it's this quite fascinating. To have that yeah. tie in. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was, yeah. Lots of little um, funny stories, which I always appreciate. Yeah. Stories. I love me a funny. Story. You love me a funny story <laughs> about <laughs> other people's children, <laughs> not my children, but yeah. other people's children. Um. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Really solid just um, good moral stuff, mm-hmm. you know, even if you weren't coming at it from a religious point of view, I think valuable for everybody.
1: Yeah. yeah. How would you say, because Thursday night there was a bit more neuroscience sort of stuff, how would you say that factored in? Could you think of anything in particular when you think about neuroscience tied into talking about character and virtue and 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 uh, was it just sort of just general behavioural tips around that?
0: Oh gosh, I have to cast my mind back. It's been a long weekend, um, an actual long weekend. It, has, <laughs> it was actually... so full. Happy
1: weekend. happy birthday, King Charles III. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Kids keep calling it Queen's birthday. <laughs> we can't <laughs> <quite> <laughs> get ahead <it. They're> <laughs> of the... Not the Queen, not the King. Not the king. We, we
1: baked him a cake and we ate it for him. No, so. we
0: baked the twins a cake. Okay, it was well, actually our, their birthday. Our children's <laughs> birthday. But here
1: you go, King. This is the remains of the day. Oh, uh, you can't have it. I oh, will eat it then.
0: He talked a lot about the importance of modelling. And you know, those early formative years, yeah, yeah, which I found really interesting, yeah, just how important it is to get your family culture kind of yeah. under control asap, yeah, or yeah, it's, yeah, that's right, it's, but it's fu- never too late, right? But
1: no, yeah. well, it's funny because I've noticed that I don't know about you, but I feel this a bit lately, is and you get the comments from our eldest because they notice that we've become better at parenting <laughs> now, you know, with the younger children, they're like, hey. <laughs> You know how come we didn't get that, or they get away with this, or it's yeah. quite funny. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, we just, you know, you poor suckers had to endure yeah, that. Yeah. You were the training dummies for our, our train wreck of uh, let's let's do parenting by feel. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, that that's that's true the eh? way establishing a pattern mm. and being consistent with it. Um, yeah, we had it. It's funny. We had a little incident over the weekend where I've um instructed our eldest that and our second eldest and third eldest that they are absolutely to iron their school uniform shirts every <laughs> week because they decided about two weeks ago, oh, no, nah, no, nah, I don't need to iron Doesn't my really shirt. Doesn't need to be ironed. I'll just wear a jacket over the top. And we we're like, no. And there was this interesting little back and forth, a little – tete-a-tete about.
0: Brendan's quite passionate about ironing. He's actually in, he's actually in charge of the ironing in the family. Well,
1: yeah, it's it's and it's not he's just one
0: of his that. main ta- ta- talents. In Spanish, I, I, right,
1: I'm not an ironing Nazi. <laughs> the no. irons of the clothes must be done. Come into here, Kinder. <laughs> um, no, um, it's because uh, like I explained to our children, like it's an important discipline to learn. That's it's right. a skill that and and it's about pride in your appearance and mm. having a sort of respect for uniform and all that sort of stuff it's that's embroiled right, in it. And and um and that was one of those moments where I just had to say, Well, that eldest. I was like, Look, just trust me, um, you might not understand this now, mm-hmm. but later in life you will actually come to appreciate that dad said this yeah. is the uh, And when you buy all
0: your outside. own clothes, you can feel free to choose ones <laughs> that <Yeah>, Johnny dining. <laughs> but <laughs> in, in the, the meantime, meantime, yeah you have to wear, wear this shirt. so I know.
1: You know, um so so yeah, it's interesting that pattern of I and mean, it was sort of. I was aware of it. We, we almost had a slippage there mm. where two weeks ago our eldest just comes out and announces, mm. Oh, I don't iron shirts. Yeah, <laughs> and it was almost, it almost. I think any longer we would have been in trouble, but it was like we had to get that sort of pattern, no, 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 no. and be consistent. Yep. It was yeah. a great little moment. But the the reason we thought we'd start talking about Andy Mullins is because, um, we're actually going to have Andy on a future episode. He's gonna, oh, I, I know, know. I Why well, did I not tell yeah. you that? Oh, yeah. there you go. I'd, you know we communicate well, team. You know we That's are true. experts in, in communication. <laughs> uh, you know my wife tells me what's going on, and I say, yes, dear. and then I forget it, and then she reminds me a third That's time, right. and I've got it that time. No, but um, but but Andy is going to be on the show. Uh, he's going to zoom in from Melbourne, and we're going to talk about some of the stuff. So maybe if you're thinking about questions you'd like to ask him around yeah. character and mm. so parenting for character, parenting for faith anything neuroscience related, send it to us and say, this is for your Andy show or something like that. The Andy show. The Andy He'll show. Love that. And we'll actually ask your questions to Andy uh, mm. on the show. And then, yeah, we'll have a future episode with him.
0: That'd be great.
1: We'll have to do anything. Yeah, no, no thinking that week. <laughs>
0: um,
1: right. Let's jump into some uh, topics of conversation. And the first one, um, you know, we're, we're on the good news bandwagon. You'll be pleased to know this, Katie, because Katie, I think I mentioned this last episode. Mm. Katie was like, look, come on, we need some. We need to have Stop some good
0: choosing all these depressing items. Yeah,
1: yeah, not like you know angry parent throws tomato at neighbor's kid, you know. <laughs> let's talk about how bad that is. Uh let's see some positives as well. And so I you'll be pleased to know that I have taken that attitude of gratitude. <laughs> you should. I know you love those kind of cheesy. Yeah, <laughs> You miss the uh the bearing of the teeth that I have got <laughs> there in the background folks, but that attitude of gratitude into my other podcast episodes as well. Good. So I'm trying to do one good news, and we had a great I'm such one. Such an influencer
0: you are. You're my main influence. <laughs> Influencee.
1: <laughs> you have control. <laughs> I, I feel manipulated. No, um, but last week we had this great story on one of the episodes, um, the patrons only episodes about this awesome guy in Christchurch who's been doing this for 20 years, well over 20 years. He has this. Um, he just started praying about this 20 years ago, and he started like a firewood ministry for people in need. Oh, cool! And yeah, I saw that. People then. just drop off the wood. He's got a team of t- all volunteers. Not they don't they don't take money. They do it all in That's secret. Awesome. He's been doing it for twenty years, and he just they pray, uh, they they pray as they're doing it. They cut the wood up, they take it and trailer loads to people who need it, and they say a little prayer with them. Oh, and it's so beautiful, man. Yeah. Oh, you know, so that, that you know, it's rubbed off on me. Your positivity.
0: Good. I'm glad. So I today, you do have to go hunting for it. Let's be fair.
1: For positivity today, you mean.
0: For, yeah for well in the news yeah you know, well, it's not you out know. there in the wide world
1: if it bleeds it leads as they say in the newsrooms right if it's, it's <laughs> gory <goring>, and <laughs> horrible depressing. yeah that is it's true it's <laughs> an old saying though man the more blood and guts the higher up the food chain it is so yeah. people click on it but here's one um which was i, I, I don't know if I I've, I sort of want to categorize this as good news mm-hmm. it's sort of um
0: fun news fun news fun news
1: yeah it's a puff piece it's a uh, it's uh, I, it reminded me of black adder and Blackadder news or Monty Python esque news, and um, it, it's about a uh, uh, the first recorded stand up comedy sketch, like a transcript that's been found, like uh, someone recorded going to an event and seeing this comedy, and it's been found uh, in a fifteenth century manuscript. Brilliant. Now these people are claiming it's the oldest one that we know of. But, I mean, who knows? But um, but this is uh, I remember because I remember. I suppose it's not a stand up comedy sketch, but I remember reading recently about a. Uh, Discovery, and I believe it's an older manuscript actually, where someone had drawn some um, doodles in the margin and they'd only shown up when they were. Photographing ah, the manuscript, interesting. and and uh, yeah, um, it wasn't like they did in secret. It's just, I guess they were pressing on something else, but yeah, these yeah. funny little illustrations of something, and, and they're
0: probably in some kind of like medieval boardroom meeting. Situation yeah, they're bored. They b- b- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Come on, oh, Maybe oh gosh, y- York
1: does go on about the <laughs> annual reports. You know, <laughs> doing their doodles and the thing. Um, so, but the, let's have a read from this article. In the year one thousand four hundred and eighty, a household clerk. So we're talking five hundred. 500, over 500 years ago. 50 cent, 500. Sorry. I'm, in the, I'm in the Stretching, babe. I'm in the Read rap. from the article. <laughs> I'll just read from the article, shall I? Uh, okay, in the year 1,480, our Lord... 480. Um, a household cleric and tutor to a noble family named Richard Hige, is that how you'd say that, Probably, or yeah. Hige? I'm presuming Hige. A I'd say at that time. is it? Oh, we see, you know, you're the, you're the linguistics I did not expert. not say linguistics. I <laughs> <laughs> say so Richard Hige, Haji, Hige, Hige, sorry Richard, however we're mispronouncing your name, went to a feast where there was a minstrel performing a three-part act. Hege recorded as much as he could remember opening with, By me, I love this bit, Richard Hege, because I was at the feast and did not have a drink.
0: That's a big claim in 1480, because there wasn't really palatable water. I know. What they had was wine.
1: That is so funny, though. You so must
0: have been quite thirsty. Trust to me. To to remember the standard comedy. I
1: doth not drink from yeah, yeah, the wine cask, yeah. so I'm it's a reliable extra witness. extra
0: funny because I was sober. Well, yeah,
1: and it kind of tells a lot about, um, I, I guess, how reliable witnesses might have been <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> you know, did you drink? Yes, okay, you can't be a witness mm-hmm. in our court case. Um, But it is quite a funny thing to start with. Uh, that is illustrative of where the story goes from there. A performance relevant to the humour enjoyed in Britain today and one which colours the high Middle Ages as a time of artistic liberty, social, mo- mo- I was going to say morbidity, mobility. There yeah, was well, some of that too. Yeah, and, and well, there was a lot of morbidity, wasn't there? <laughs> and uh, vigorous nightlife. Hege's booklet contains three texts gleaned from the jester's material, and the three parts were a hunting of the hare story featuring a killer rabbit. Oh, mm. a horror story. Uh, a mock sermon in prose in which three kings eat so much that 24 bulls explode out of their stomach and begin sword fighting. So, mm. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it leads, some dark humour going <laughs> on. <laughs> Let's distract ourselves from the plague with a bit of humour. Yeah, yeah. um, and an alliteration nonsense verse entitled The Battle of Brackenwet. So uh, it does sound very um, like they say in the article. It's um, very much like Monty, Monty Python. And, I was and, and, picturing
0: a um, like medieval Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yep. <laughs> I yeah, can that, picture that, this.
1: that would be funny, eh? Yeah, yeah. But he wouldn't be an atheist because that you know no, you'd true. be a believer of some kind. That's that's true. That, I can see that. Uh, th- this is the interesting comment for me though. Um, this is from an expert. People back then partied a lot more than we do today. So minstrels yeah. had plenty of opportunities to perform. They were really important figures in people's lives right across the social hierarchy. Now that's true yeah. because a court jester, a minstrel, for example, would go into the king's court and they would do political satire. And yeah. so if someone in the king's court was a bit of a noob or a numpty, that often ridicule them or sometimes they even ridicule the king and put themselves at jeopardy. Um, yeah. So it, there's something interesting about that, but, but that, that, Comment though, got me thinking about how they do festival really well back then they yeah. they have community and they gather together and they like they're not on devices. well they
0: didn't have television and most yeah. of them couldn't read so
1: <laughs> yeah yeah what are you going to do minstrels it is party you know? folk songs go see the minstrel yeah yeah Try and, to and drink
0: if you want to remember it.
1: and there would have been a lot of high feasting around um the Christian faith. Mm. They had a lot of everything that they could. So you'd have periods like Lent and Advent where they would strip back to a bare minimum to prepare. But then Christmas was like a massive feast. Easter was like fifty days of feasting. Um, you know, the Ascension of of our Lord. All that they they had Pentecost. That they, they there's a lot of feasting mm. actually going on. And I think their balance was so much. I remember reading an article recently about your average. Peasant. We tend to think of peasant life as this awful, onerous sort of slavery. I'm not saying it would be glamorous. Let's, let's get mm. that st- straight. But they actually did not work a um, like the the average peasant worked. I think it was something like 150 days a year and mm. total like that, that. And 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 someone who owned their own sort of. Um,
0: well, what we think w- of as work because they're their day-to-day life
1: was... Well, Well, they well they followed the, virus, the seasons too as yeah. well. Like like with, with their work, they're quite seasonal. But someone who owned their own, I guess, industry or small business, you might say, they, they did about, um I think somewhere around 230, 240 days mm. a year. Even that's not huge. So it's it's interesting how we we think of this as we're, we're very sort of liberated. But in actual fact, we're often a lot more enslaved to mm. sort of corporate um, whims and, and the amount of work and the way it dominates our life. Mm. And we don't have as much feasting and as much community. There's something... Now we don't have the plague; we're running rampant, and <laughs> and and we've got antibiotics and all that kind of cool stuff. But it is there's something in that I think that's mm. worthy of emulating, right?
0: Yeah, well, their life was probably smaller,
1: you know. Yeah, localized. Yeah, localized. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it was perfect. There, <laughs> I, oh, I, I think wish that's we, a good thing. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> but yeah, yeah and yeah. Pe- people like, yeah. Let's like, let's go back to the 1950s. Let's go back to the 1500s. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. But yeah, uh, this is the other thing that really was quite funny. It also shows that what we sometimes think of as a society—this is the Middle Ages—of mm. science-denying religious tyranny created not only these talented comics, but people who enjoyed mm. their work enough to copy it down. Mm. Now, the the reason why is because we're wrong. This mm. is one of the great myths that came out of the Enlightenment. It's one of the black myths that spread after the Enlightenment was that, that we, we lived in this period of darkness and evil and tyranny until mm. these Enlightenment thinkers came along and said, oh, let's all be liberal and satisfy our desires, and then they enlightened the world for us and gave us all this stuff. But in actual fact, they weren't science-denying. They weren't living in religious tyranny at all. It was a really a high point of civilization mm. when you look at the lifestyle mm. and the way it was lived. They might not have had the technology that we had, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see. It. And this sort of really just disproves that. Yes, and the, the fact mythology. that
0: they had, you know, obviously quite clever humor. Yeah, and, yeah, and an interest in that is quite a pointer to their intelligence. And, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and and it's it's joy Vivre, you know? the, the joy yeah. of life. Yeah, and and they also um there, there's there's sort of clearly a, a sense of um that that the humour is like you said it's intelligent, mm. but it, like it's also like earnest and sincere, and mm. there's a sort of I mean I don't I'm under no pretences I'm sure there were absolutely larrikin louts who are a bit you know bawdy shall we say and mm. some of the humor but generally there's um there's a sort of a, a beautiful sort of innocence to it it's not cynical or I don't know you know like um yeah mm. modern stuff is the cynicism is a big thing in human era. Eh? yeah now we we both enjoy the office but the office probably bought a lot of that uh, oh
0: yeah but there was <sighs> there's equally slapstick and
1: yeah, but you yeah, know what? It's like office, it's. You know? But it was sort of more yeah. like that. You know, yeah, everything sucks. You know, let's mm-hmm. find the humor in the fact that well, that I don't person's know, an a idiot,
0: stapler yeah. and jelly. <laughs> so,
1: if you watch The Office, you'll you'll of know you know what. You're not <laughs> ca- so so there, anyway, that, that was the first. I don't. Uh, can I call that a good news story?
0: Yeah, go on. Go
1: on then. Have funny, a good funny news. Have a good chuckle. So that that was funny news. Uh, the second article that I thought we'd actually start with that was worth having a chat about. I think was this one from uh, Greg Smalley. Mm-hmm. And it is. Does your wife feel loved? Dun, dun, dun. I read the headline and I thought, I, I feel like I'm being I targeted convicted. by this article. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has chosen to speak to me <laughs> these, these through this people, article. These people are spying on me. <laughs> no, um, but it's a great. It's a short article, so let's just read it because it's really great. It starts like this. Um, For the worst. For the worst. Worst. Oopsie. (laughs) (laughs) For the first wedding ceremony I officiated, I developed an analogy using the bride's bouquet as a picture of a thriving marriage. I explained how those beautiful flowers required water, sunshine, and proper pruning to grow. And I related each of those basic horticultural needs to a particular relationship skill communication, spiritual relationship, and conflict management. That's quite a cool little – that's quite, yeah. How is your bouquet, Katie? It's a very lovely little analogy. Unfortunately, the only thing I could think of for my last relationship point was fertiliser. You
0: can <laughs> see where this is going.
1: Uh, much like fertiliser helps flowers grow, if you want a strong marriage, you need to spend time each day fertilising each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said without realising what he was saying. The guests started laughing. As I tried to recover, the groom whispered, "If you had finished your point, I could get on with fertilising my bride." <laughs> so, yes, I know, but a bawdy humour at the old Christian marriage there. But, uh, but yeah, so you know, didn't didn't quite realise <laughs> when I was thinking, um, because you know, my uh, my dad, my. Grandfather, my great-grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, they're all farmers. And so I thought of, um, like, cow When I (laughs) I thought of fertilising, I was like, what? Why would they be throwing fertiliser at each other? (laughs) And then I realised, oh, oh, I see now. Uh, You know, anyway, so um, despite my botched analogy, there was an important truth about marriage that I was trying to convey. I hope the young couple could see past my words to understand this key principle. For a marriage to thrive, each spouse must invest time and effort nourishing the relationship. That's so true, eh? hmm Really. Yep. And and you've got to both take responsibility. Yes, that's right, yeah. How often does that sort of fall? I, I think, I, I, I don't know, what do you think? Does it? I think there's a pattern maybe, it feels to me, like where one of you struggling or busy and the other one has mm. to pick up the slack and then remind the other one, look, hey, we've got to both invest in this. Yeah, it's, that's right. Yeah. It's a constant struggle, though. Eh? Yeah, yeah.
0: And the worst times are when you're both just crazy busy. and Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's a struggle yeah. worth having. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I th- you know, what, the hardest part for me is actually um having that conversation, and and you sort of feel a bit, oh, man. Do I want to be that spouse, or am I reading the room right? Am I really the one? Do you mean popped? you feel like you might
0: be wondering a bit?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. sort of like I. D- d- it's hard to. I think when you're in a. I don't know. I don't know about how others find it, but I sort of feel because I don't. I'm. I'm not. Um, we're not parents to each other. Mm. We're in a, a relationship of a total self-giving love and we come as equals giving hundred percent each in total self-giving and so it's kind of it does feel a bit awkward to be that one spouse who notices maybe that something has slipped mm. and then is, has, feels the burden of having to raise that it's like um now I, I, I don't want to be a, a <laughs> bit of a stick in the mud but I've noticed that and and they're not doing that too often either is I think that I find it a bit but hard. But I feel
0: like maybe instead of having that conversation, that's where you say, "Well, I actually need to take the initiative and book a table mm-hmm. for dinner, or yeah, you know, and actually romance your wow. spouse."
1: Yeah, that's a, that is a subtle hint, bro. <laughs> wow! Oh my gosh! Subtle hint. Yeah, that wasn't. There was a total leaning in well, of she the body. Don't do subtle hints. So now um, no, I don't want if to be that spouse. i
0: anything it's <laughs> that you don't communication means not being subtle. Just go and say, "Oi." Enough already! I feel targeted.
1: This is our podcast.
0: Buy me some takeaways.
1: Yeah. Um. So Force yeah. me to watch a movie. I doth. I doth feel targeted. Um. Shall we go to a minstrel show together? <laughs> a three-part minstrel show. Up. Um. But yeah. Um. We
0: were gonna go to a minstrel, a modern-day minstrel show. Remember, I asked you to get tickets to a certain British comedian for Christmas.
1: It was a million bucks in our first time well, we like,
0: This minstrel is not worth that much money. I
1: actually saw one the other day that came up on my feed and I thought, it's an American comedian. And I was like, oh.
0: Risky
1: though. No, it's Nate Brigates. He's so funny.
0: But is he funny to me? Because sometimes.
1: Yeah, you've, you've laughed at some of his stuff. and
0: It uh, is not reliable evidence that I will me, enjoy a whole show. Trust me,
1: he's, he's Bruce Mason said it. But you look at it, you know, like, plane tickets, million dollars to get into the room. Oh,
0: Auckland, that would have been extra. Special
1: Now I've never told you about it I, like, <laughs> Sorry I can't do it Now I've revealed My secret Yeah no you plans.
0: can't
1: you've, you've undone the whole um, Thing But it's <laughs> Yeah But I don't know I, I feel, do feel the awkwardness Often of um, Do you feel that or not you like I don't care <laughs> You just lean into it This this guy needs a I just tell bit you of a, Yeah Yeah yeah, you took your cue from my dad, didn't you? What did he say? Don't put up with any rubbish, Katie. He
0: said, Don't put up with any rubbish. And then, but that was one time when you were outside smoking a cigar, and he said, You can let him get away with that. And I said, You've got to pick your <laughs> battles, Tom. This is my dad, folks. Tom, have got to pick your battles. My dad <laughs> yeah, It's yeah, a dad. Right. Come on. <laughs> Wise words. <laughs> you know, where's the, fa- where's
1: the family loyalty? And he's like, that. Nah, nah, make sure. Your dad
0: was always great about calling a spade a spade, wasn't
1: he? Yeah, and so Katie <laughs> took a lead from that. Anyway, let's carry on with this article. But I, d- I do feel the awkwardness of it. I think that's a challenge of how do you communicate <laughs> that without. And also, you can't be taking notes. You cannot be that yeah, spouse. that's right. Or, Look, yeah, well, I've got marks, a notebook. Yeah, and, you know, I've actually got five black marks against you. Because yeah. I, think, like, like, I read this marriage. awesome
0: article a long time ago that a friend sent to me. It was probably like 10 or 15 years ago, and it was – I don't remember a lot of it, but the one thing I do remember is be grateful for the things your spouse does. Don't be nitpicking on the things they don't do.
1: Yeah, good point. So
0: she had made the point, I need to be grateful when Joe puts his dishes – on the bench and doesn't leave them on the table. Instead of being angry that he didn't put them in the dishwasher, yeah, you know he's actually bothered to clear them, yeah, that far, and, and <laughs> actually choosing, he's learning. choosing to see, yeah, the good yeah. they do, not the bad.
1: Well, well there's a, there is do. a momentum a yeah. progress towards virtue, too. Like, we're all working on that. And it's, yeah. we, we notice it. I notice it in you. I'm sure, I hope mm. you notice it in me. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, every second time he does actually load the dishwasher well, correctly. put the
0: dishwasher on last night. I, I like, know. He I noticed know. it was full. He put yeah, it on. Every, yeah, yeah.
1: And um, I even opened it. At I was the a little end. bit
0: like, I could have got those two other bowls in, but it's all right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, I know. If it was me, <laughs> I know there's
1: going to be a critique of these Tetrising that goes on here. <laughs> no, nah, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, there's it a pushes. movement towards virtue that happens. And I know for you, like your one of your struggles is sticking around and having a conversation. You'd rather go away, think about it, and come back. I'm a Malone. We like to have the big stoush and then move on, and we're best mates afterwards. And we have two different ways of dealing with conflict. But mm. you have made that movement, and you deliberately, um, like when we first married, you'd just you um, you you wouldn't want to engage. You'd want to think and then come back and engage. Mm. And I'd be stuck there going, "Well, I want to engage now." And so we sort of meet each other halfway, and there's that sort of movement of virtue on both sides that sort of. You know it's it's yeah, that's what marriages are all about, right? Anyway, uh, let me carry on. Ephesians 5 28 29 reminds us that a husband should care for his wife with the same intensity he nourishes his own body. To nourish is a behavior, so husbands must spend time every day doing things that help a wife feel loved. Like the Apostle John explains, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions. Mm. That's from 1 John 3 18. Instead of telling your wife that you love her, your job is to learn how to love her with your actions. To do this successfully, you must take on a servant's Mm. mindset. Nourishing means seeking to put her needs before your own. This is the call Mm. to self-giving love. And it's so fundamental. And what I love here is that it's kind of crazy, but in the modern thinking, I was watching something last night, actually, and it was meant to be a bit comedic, but the question was asked, well... You know, how do you really love someone? And someone said, "Yeah, that is a good question. How do? You, but how do you really love someone?" And I was like, "No, that's not a good question. Or oh, that's mm. a really terrible question." And a culture that's confused because you can actually tell if someone loves you, and mm. and their actions will be seeking your good. Their that's speech right. will be seeking your good. And if it's yeah. not, it doesn't matter if they say, "I love you." They don't love you if mm. their actions and speech don't seek your good. Mm. And that, and so when when I often when I'm speaking in high schools, I talk to a young women, and they're like, "How does? How do I know he really loves me?" I, Look at. His actions mm. Shea was wrong It's not in his kiss <laughs> It's, it's, it's <laughs> in his actions And you know And how he treats you That's So So he might have The sweetest woman Honey tongue mm. words About oh, I really love you And you mean so much To me And mm. my, my world You know It's just everything's You're my rock mm. But if he doesn't treat you With respect And virtue that's right. yeah. Then that's not true Yeah. So actions Don't matter. trust a charmer yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, a charmer without action. It'll only get you so far, too, lads, if you're listening. Yep. You've got to back it up sooner or later. Uh, next, figure out which specific a- actions help your wife feel loved. And this is the good bit. This is why I thought we'd focus on this article because this is important. You often hear this oh, you love your wife, I do stuff for her. But this article uh, yeah, hones in on it.
0: You've got to be really careful there. Like, um, you're lucky because my love language is acts of service.
1: <laughs> I'm lucky. Well, You're I'm not, lucky that I tell it's you. It's
0: not it's not hard to figure out, right? Like well, was it first Katie, was it first though? It
1: was. Yeah, because I, I, I w- and we we got given the love languages book and I was like You were like
0: and be I'm not reading that nerdery. doing a, doing a quiz.
1: <laughs> yeah. We got we got given it <laughs> for our wedding and it was a wedding present and it was one of the best wedding presents we mm. ever got it turns out. But I resisted it for, I like, oh, no, villain, new age, nerdy yeah, yeah. love book. And yeah. it was Thinking spot on. It was so stuff. practical. There's only yeah. four love languages. And the key to them is learning what your one is and what your spouse is. And then you recognize, oh, we give and receive love often mm. in different, different ways. ways. Yeah. And so here I am trying to show you I love you. And you're like, that's not my love language. You're like,
0: let's play a ball game together. I'm like, I'll just be over there by up the, Anybody yeah, who knows yeah, me knows yeah, sure. me in the board games. Sure, let's which, play which a board Which would be, you know, the game. love language of quality time.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Which I am like, do we have to?
1: <laughs> yeah, and you're, and 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 you also the other thing I discovered is you often have a love language for receipt receptivity, so how you receive love, yeah. And another one for giving, then they can be different. Yes. So sure. your your giving language is gift giving as one of them. I think is it true? It's true, isn't it?
0: My you're, giving is acts of service.
1: No, as well, your gift-giving is pretty phenomenal because you uh, yeah. you know how to give a gift that actually... I try. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you do both, actually. That's to be fair. That is yeah. true. Yeah. And they can change, I guess, as well. They as definitely
0: you know. can change. It's important to... We probably should redo the quiz.
1: Yeah, but yeah. um, but that book actually turned out to be really practical and mm. very wise mm. and really helpful. If you haven't read it, you should read. You can read them yeah. online. I think it might be five. Is it? No. Acts of Service, of quality, service time. quality Time. Um, gift-giving. Words and of affirmation. Words of affirmation. I oh, and touch. touch. So you write me five. five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, someone gives you a hug. And, yeah. and other people are like, Ugh, don't give me a hug. I want you to empty yes. the dishwasher yeah, yeah, yeah. to show me that you love me. Yeah, and then yeah, that that's interesting. And figuring out how each other is different in that way is really, right. really helpful. So this is the bit about this article that's quite good. Next, figure out which specific actions help your wife feel loved. Don't make an educated guess or treat her the way you would like her to treat you. Don't apply the golden rule here. And that this is important. What he's talking about here is what's called the platinum rule. Mm. The platinum. So the golden rule is do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. The platinum rule is do unto others as they would have done unto themselves. Mm. If you've never heard that before, that mm-hmm. you've learned something today. Mm. Uh, your guess may be different from what your wife actually needs or wants. The sure. best way to do this is to have your wife complete this statement, and this is a key one, folks, and probably for husbands as well. It's, to be fair, this is framed around yes, men, definitely for both. but it's for both yeah. parties. I feel loved. When, mm. and then you complete the sentence. So if I said to you, I feel loved, when, what would you say i back? When
0: you put the fire on, mm. bring the firewood in. Pyromania. See the things that need to be done and do that. Arson with. is a love language, number <laughs> six.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're going to love what's it's coming up in a few see, months' time. When
0: you see a job that you know, like, okay, well, if I don't do that job, then Katie's going to be the person that yeah. does it. Yeah. Which...
1: You like do, I don't get angry
0: when you don't do it, but it's nice to have it done.
1: Oh, no. it's. Yeah. It, here's another thing, yeah. men and women, if you're listening. There's a really interesting little um, uh, cue, a little spoiler alert that will come into your house when you have kids. Watch what your wife or your husband, what irks them about the kids' behavior. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And it really does. It's mm. like, you know, because you came out yesterday, Pearl Katie came out, had a nap, and the kids had just – I don't know. Like, I had like, cleaned let's the take,
0: kitchen before I went yes. upstairs. And yeah. then she
1: comes back Which and goes, like, let's take do. every bowl, every cup, every <laughs> spoon out of the drawer, and then we'll leave them on the bench. And there's <laughs> no benches wiped there down. There were some in the lounge too, wasn't there? They're just, all yeah, over they're the everywhere. show. And yeah. poor old Katie comes out, and what is the first thing she sees? This failure to, uh, to do just basic, simple acts of service, put it in the dishwasher, mm-hmm. give it a wash, stuff like that. And so for her, that's tough, a tough moment. And so as a husband, I get to see that, I go, hmm. I'm. I can learn from. I can. I can, oh, I can see going on the back of my kids and be a yeah. really good husband here. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, next time I will do that active service, and I know that's what she's looking for.
0: It's also because they came downstairs and they all were immediately like, "Mum is here. We need food."
1: Yeah. Yeah. We need food right out. now. And they don't trust me. No. They, uh, maybe no. I'm too hard on them. They just not know. Good at snacks or Dad's not giving know. us snacks. <laughs> we'll go to the mum creature. She will give us our food. Um. So yeah, I feel loved when, and then get, you, you know ask your spouse that and get them to complete it. During each season of marriage, your wife will need something different, mm-hmm. and those needs could change in an instant. Very
0: very wise man here. <laughs> Stay current on what she needs today. So every five minutes you need to just text.
1: <laughs> I reckon there's a game too. <laughs> I reckon there's a little bit of a gimmick here where you ladies are changing. Like, I, I think he's got used to this. I will just change things up a bit and not tell him. <laughs> <laughs> just when you're getting it sorted, all of a sudden there's a new thing to learn. But that, that's true though, way. Eh? Like mm. when you've got young babies. And you just had a kid, the, the whole yeah. demands of what you needed very different yeah. to once the children are a bit older. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah, let's have quality time and watch a movie together. But when you've got kids and it's the first six weeks, who cares about movies? It's like, I just need help so I can take, you know, you can take this kid off my hands so I can sleep. Yeah. You know, very yeah. practical sort of stuff like that. Yeah.
0: I think um, we've talked about this before, but it was something my dad was particularly good at and something I expected in marriage without realizing I expected it until mm. a wee way into marriage was he come home from work and say, what can I do to help? Yeah. It was the first words out of his mouth. What can I do to help? And I just thought that's what every father and husband did. Yeah. So when you didn't come through the door and say, what can I do to help? I was like, why doesn't he want to help me? Yeah. It was an assumption I made. Yeah. And you came in the door and just thought, she's got this. I'll go do X or whatever. Yeah. You know? And mum would always say, no, no, nothing. Most of the time, nothing. Sometimes she might say, bring in some firewood or whatever. Yeah. But invariably, he would then go and find a job to do that would help.
1: Yeah. No? Yeah, that, that's it's funny. Your dad is a good man like that, and mm. and um, it, it's I suspect probably it's hard earned and hard mm. learned. I imagine he's probably oh, learned a few lessons yes, that before you were yeah. aware of what's going on. But well, I think
0: in his childhood, it was probably a, yeah an issue. You but know?
1: you're right. He is he's yeah. a really good man. Like that, he's a what I'd call a good, solid, stable, journeyman husband and father. Mm the kind of guy who you 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 know who doesn't have a podcast who's you know he's not he's not a celebrity you yeah. don't know his name but he is one of the best fathers and best husbands mm. that you'll see now, he's not perfect he's got his faults we yeah. all do yeah. but it's um it's quite a profound and important thing to be that way it's yeah. it's and and, and seven heart you know yeah and and that yeah. was my struggle my my struggle was getting my head into the groove of and it's still my struggle of getting my head into the groove of marriage in that way that your dad Mm. Does. I, I do wonder too whether part of it for him was he he came home from a you know, corporate office job mm. which he did with fidelity and did well but didn't really light his tires. Right? I remember it, he wanted thing, to be an engineer, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And um and so he didn't do engineering, he did this corporate <laughs> work and accountancy instead. And and then he comes home and it's sort of like there's something I think there is something liber- liberating about giving mm. yourself to your family when and so I imagine for him too it would have been quite a mm. Um,
0: I think yeah. per- perhaps that's a struggle for a lot of men in some ways is that, um, you know, work is quite important as a male, mm. if you're, especially if you're the breadwinner or the main yeah. breadwinner. Well, we do things with our hands. That's yes, the, that's the, that's but also that you, you seek your fulfilment there mm. and you forget to seek it at home.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you
0: forget to seek it in your primary vocation, which is marriage.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or, or you think, it's a modern problem because it wouldn't have been this way back in the day. But we tend to think, oh, I've, I'm the breadwinner. I've done my bit. Yeah. And that, back in the day, it would have made more sense because the family would have been together more. The whole mm. family was an economic unit, not just the father was an economic producer, everyone. Mm. We read this in the Book of Proverbs, right, about the the wife, the good wife who sits at the gate and sells the things she's That's made. Right, so he yeah. has her own economic it's control and management. Yeah. And and the family, the children would have been part of that economic production as a family. Mm. The family was an economic community. Mm. We've robbed that of the family now. It's like individuals in the family become economic mm. producers, and if they're lucky, they get enough money to sort of feed each other. You know, mm. it, it's it's um very different. And so, but what what I think that means is that probably once upon a time the concept of how you participated in the life of the family it would have been more integrated. Now it's like you work and slave away, and then a lot of dads think, oh, "I've done my bit. Mm. I, I'm the breadwinner." But in actual fact, no, it's more than that. Mm you know and and because we're the demand of winning the bread just so you can pay the mortgage and not mm, die, yeah. you know is so intense now that it's hard then yeah. to come back and whereas if there was more balance, it would be there'd be a more sort of holistic integration of all mm. of that sort of stuff, you know, and so that's a bigger societal challenge, but yeah, it is, isn't it that, that's yeah a great article though, yeah, yeah, you know, like and I think that that question that he asks us to ask, and both parties should be asking it, I feel loved when mm. And uh, yeah, so, you know, make sure you ask that of each other. Right, that little musical interlude, Katie, means that it's time for our moment of goodness, truth, or beauty, and our scriptural reflection for the month. And as per usual, ladies before oh, gentlemen. Go
0: first, Am I? I really had to think about this, not because I couldn't think of one, but because I had like several.
1: Oh, you always, you always have. you I don't know you have got them <laughs> saved up and all lined up.
0: Got them, I'm like tucking them away in my mind, Um so I had to narrow it down. which took me a while. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about how um, our children can be witness to us. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: W-witless or witness? Witness. <laughs> and both yeah, Both hand. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: and we were at a parish event a week ago for the Feast of Pentecost and there was like, pedal crazy pedal mania with the crazy bikes with yeah.
1: it. If you're not living yeah. in Christ, you may not have no, heard of pedalmania. You need one in your town. Make it, as, 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 it as, happen. This guy is amazing. He's basically <laughs> engineers all these weird bikes and Things and, and, and he turns up And for two hours He sets up like a um, a marked off Roped off area yeah. On a field In like the school field and he, and he unloads a truck Full of the weirdest bikes And contraptions and, and pedal
0: in different ways they, and Yeah And yeah, so yeah, some of them
1: Got to pedal backwards yeah. Some of them got seats For three people It's yeah. amazing And you just That's hoon awesome. around this And the kids just go crazy For two for hours, hours. I love It's it. an it's amazing awesome. thing That's So amazing. that
0: was there And there was uh sausages You know Pretty, yeah. pretty typical Free lunch for kids and, and the weather was amazing For May Which you know Yeah it was That was pretty cool um, but there was supposed to be a coffee cart and I said to the, one of our friends who'd helped, well, she basically organized it. She's amazing. Beautiful skills for hospitality. Yeah. And I said, Oh, what happened to the coffee cart? And she goes, Oh, look, they just texted. They texted last night, it was all confirmed. And then I haven't been able to get a hold of them this morning. Radio silence basically. And I kind of did a little bit of a pee grumpy. <laughs> what kind of business are they running? Yeah, thing? Yeah. And she Who said, yeah, I do it. It's been isn't it? Yeah. And Nathaniel was sitting there, our 10 year old, and he said, oh, but maybe something happened like uh, and and um our friend was she was so beautiful. She said that's really compassionate. I you you're right, we should be yeah. thinking we should be hoping that everything's okay and yeah and you know not thinking the worst. And he was absolutely right and it was such a good moment for both of us that like, we sort of looked at him oh gosh, a ten year old was calling us on here, you know like yeah. to actually think the best of people and not assume the worst. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. For that's him. beautiful way yeah. right? that
1: yeah. attitude of gratitude instead yeah. of um it's like, well, where's my coffee? Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. well, instead of the stuff, the object of my desire. What about the what about con- the person? The person. Yeah. That should be the object of my yeah. concern, he not my coffee. That's right. Yeah, that, that's well, that's great. That reminds me of a story Andy Mullins told on the weekend about um, um a family where um they were they had family prayer time together, mm. and one of the little boys said, "Let's pray for tonight for the conversion of Lady Gaga." Right, yeah. And the dad had a chuckle, and he goes, "What's wrong, Dad? Don't you think prayer could help?" You yeah. know. Convert Lady Gaga And the dad was So like really challenged By his yep. kid Who's seeing the truth You know like You've got to be like A little child To enter the kingdom of heaven That's right yep. Beautiful that, That's a great little yeah. Well done Nathaniel yep. Well done you Leading the way That is great <laughs> Well for me my, my one's a family moment as well But not our family <laughs> It's Tina Turner The great Tina Turner <laughs> Simply the best So that Tina Turner <laughs> Not changing uh, Well <laughs> No, that's yeah, that's uh, that, well, we won't different. get, a, we get different. We get different, yeah. Um, but I I love Tina Turner's music, man. I I was there. I was there you when the, yeah. Private Dancer came out, you know, and, and I used to listen to it on the about radio. That one either. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. She had a hard life. <laughs> I'm a private dancer. No, no, don't. Um, it's but, not podcast but appropriate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's well, it is. It's a story about a woman who's caught in prostitution, and and it's yeah, it's um, yeah, uh, it's it's like it's. Her life was hard, right? And this is the yeah. where the story is so beautiful. So she uh, died a couple of weeks ago, and in her 80s. And um, what was amazing about her life, and a lot of people didn't realize this, was that back in 2016 she had a kidney ailment, and her kidneys were failing, and because of illness. And she, her and her husband, she married her, she remarried. So she, some people know about Ike Turner, and he was by all accounts a yeah. thug and a bully, and beat her and treated her really badly. They were Ike and Tina Turner originally, and for whatever reason, man, some of these guys in the music industry back in the day just, I imagine it's probably still the same today, did not love their wives well. And so um, she leaves this abusive marriage, and her second husband, this guy Edwin Bach, great last name, Bach, <laughs> um, and he is, I believe he's Swedish, he's European though, they live in Sweden and and. No, Switzerland, I think, and in Switzerland they have legalized mm. assisted suicide, euthanasia. So she starts preparing to end her life by assisted suicide, and her husband Edwin Bach, he says to her, he intervenes and he says, "No, no," he says, "I will give you one of my kidneys." He says, "Don't do this." He says, and this is the quote: "She said he told her he didn't want another woman or another life." It's
0: beautiful.
1: What a man! Mm. What a man! And so she accepted this profound and loving gift. She could have said, "No." I don't, I don't want this anymore. I want out. She could have had some crazy idea about, well, oh, no, um, I don't want you to be subjected to me, mm-hmm. you know, going downhill. And so I'll have euthanasia. No, she doesn't. And she she accepts his offer. She rejects assisted suicide. She takes this loving gift from him. And then she had another six mm. years of life. And then she dies peacefully at home of natural causes uh, a couple of weeks ago. And that's amazing. Like there's mm. so much in that. It's amazing. So, first of all, the fact that she got six full years that she would have robbed herself of with mm. the lie of euthanasia-assisted suicide. Mm. Secondly, that a more humane option was available and in her mind it didn't register initially, so she's thinking, mm. you know. Thirdly, was that the loving gift of her husband who actually, you know, just his loving gift actually transforms everything and it's like a beautiful, and, and it's the beautiful self-giving mm. aspect of it as well. And the fourth thing for me is this the self-giving love of a husband who literally... Mm. Like Christ gives his body That's right. for the church in Ephesians we we're hearing just a moment ago, he does that for her. Yeah. And and this is what's so beautiful is this this is the absolute antithesis to her first husband and the way he mm. treated her. He treated her as an object, he used and abused her, and this guy treats her as the um, the pinnacle of his self giving love. This is mm. this is the person I must give myself to, to the point of giving part of his body mm. to her. And it's like a healing thing. She gets, she actually experienced what authentic. um, I was gonna say husbandry, (laughs) (laughs) but what authentic spousal love is Mm. after being in the uh, in a relationship where she was she saw nothing but authentic abuse. And it's so beautiful. I I just, yeah, I I just for me, it's just amazing. eh? It also
0: speaks to me of that um, choosing to suffer for another person. You yeah, know, Like kidney transplants No laughing matter right No For her or for him No for well, donor he, or he, I mean parent. he
1: was slightly younger But he's not young Yeah
0: but it's still hard It's a hard ask Yeah And um, yeah That he chose to suffer for her And the, the love and the goodness That can come out of suffering And how often we try to avoid suffering When actually it's Yeah It can be so good and so beautiful
1: yeah, I, I mean, I just, what a man, and what an example. And there's so much in that t- that we need to learn from. So that was my moment of goodness, truth, or beauty. What about your scripture reflection?
0: Oh, yeah, this one was a bit, it's a bit of a hard ask as well, to be honest. <laughs> but in the end, I chose this one, um, which is something that came to mind over the weekend when we went to Andy's talks. Um, he talked about the virtues, obviously, as the building blocks for forming character and for bringing children to faith. Yeah. Um, and so it was this, sorry, I'm just scrolling. That's right. Scrolling is allowed. It's Uh, it's from Colossians chapter 3. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I mean, the whole chapter is awesome, obviously. But um, that in particular, I think, because he talked a lot about if we're not doing something out of love, yeah, what is our motivation? Our motivation should always be love. Yeah, great point. And that goes, it, there's just so much to do in the family Yeah. Um, in bringing faith and virtue into a family setting. Above all, you have to have love. Yeah. You have. You need all those virtues.
1: Yeah, but love Passion, is fundamental. Passion, kindness,
0: humility, gentleness, and patience. How much do we need those on a daily basis? Yeah. But we need love. Above all, yeah, it's it's yeah,
1: your total. It's non-negotiable, right? Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, so for me, I had from uh, Philippians chapter two. It says this uh, from verse three onwards. So I've got Philippians chapter two, verse three to eleven, and it says this: Do nothing from selfishness or conceit, but in humility count e others. Sorry, I was going to say each other others better than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. So not just death, but a horrible death. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I was thinking about that because obviously he's writing to the Philippian church there. I've been reading, by the way, a bit, um, I've, my uh, early morning, when I get up early and do my uh, morning prayer and scripture study, I've been reading actually the journey of Paul through Acts again. And it's quite amazing. So sort of getting that context, but here he is writing to this church and, the Philippian Church, Philippi, but but this I thought was really important to families. This is uh, uh for any community that strives to be a Christian community, and the family should be mm. Christian families, a Christian community. You know, do nothing from selfishness or conceit, but in humility, count others better than yourselves, and 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 you know, don't look to your own interests. The in, mm. look to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. And I think, particularly for parents, we're like, "Well, I'm the boss around here," <laughs> but in actual fact, your your parental greatness will come through that self giving love. Mm-hmm. Now, now we're not hippies. There are discipline moments that are needed, and there are boundaries, and your job as parents to do that. But uh, parenting that those those tough love moments should come on the back of a whole foundation of um, authentic self giving love that's not. Constantly tough love. If it's constantly mm. tough love and nothing else, yeah, you've exactly either got a really like problematic child, which could be the case, mm. or, or um, something's not quite right there. And, and um, but your greatness will come, that humility and and it will get. It also, I think when those tough love moments come, it gives you the actual um, power and the right to be a tough love parent. If your kid knows that your mum or your dad has. Sort your good and humility mm. in every other way, and then this moment arrives. It's like there's a certain authority that they've been yeah. bestowed with, but if all they do is just stop yeah. that, don't do that, go to your room, you know, like like it's less likely to be taken as seriously it's as not they could received older. in the right way, yeah. Yeah,
0: the, the openness of heart isn't there to receive, yeah, it, yeah, it's like there's it. no and integrity, it. Yeah. yeah.
1: And kids see that they know if there's no integrity, oh, 100%. You know, there's no like that's why we started talking about the ironing story. <laughs> that's why I realised um, as soon as I said to our twin daughters no because they were they were well, about well one to,
0: of them was quite the tidy one yeah said I'll iron. iron
1: and the other one yeah. said no I don't need I'm to I'm not iron. going to and, it and she'd taken her, her lead her older from older sister and yeah, I thought yeah. okay in this moment now what I've realised is there must be integrity and consistency it, mm. you can't have one family member who's just making up the rules and then yeah. everyone else is bound by another rule because why would I take mum and dad seriously if it's arbitrary yeah, that's right so yeah that humility and, and that 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 seeking the good of others is just so foundational. Mm. So yeah, I, that really spoke to me this this time around.
0: Beautiful.
1: Right, so it's time then to jump into our listener questions. We've got three great questions uh, to look at today on this episode. Uh, the first is this. Hi, Brendan and Katie. Do you have any tips for fostering a joyful spirit in our children and in the home? Mm-hmm. So much in the culture seems to weigh heavily on children's minds these days. And it's so true, right? Because there's a lot of people now talking about this. Well, not a lot, but more people talking <coughs> about this now. The um the fact that uh, childhood anxiety rates are going Absolutely. through the
0: roof. Yeah, post-COVID yep. and in Christchurch post-earthquakes.
1: Yep. And there's, a, there's no doubt a lot of people now are starting to connect the dot with the absolute panic mm. and paranoia about climate change that we've yeah. just thrown at our kids. Yeah. Oh, kids, the, yeah. the, the world's going to die. The baby boomers have destroyed the world. It's, and, and it's all on you to put it right. Right, let's go outside and play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the kids are like, what? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's pretty challenging, right? So what would you say to someone who sees this? Look, do you have any yeah. tips for fostering a joyful spirit in our children and in the home?
0: Yep. I do have a couple. I had a little think about this um, because I don't think that I am naturally a joyful person. Mm. And I think that we, I think you sort of either have a temperament that's joyful, that lends towards joyfulness yeah. or you don't, right? Yeah. Not not that black and white, but you know what I mean, right? Like sometimes you have to work at it. Yeah. The first tip I had was um, you have to model it. You have to yeah, model great. joy. Yeah. And well, you have to model everything that you want your <laughs> kids to become, to be yeah. and become, um, which is, you know, something that I've really been convicted on in the last forty-eight hours. Thanks, Andy. But you know, I've always sort of known it, but I think it's always good to be reminded. You know, we've yeah. got to model how we want our children to behave. They will learn what they see.
1: Of course, they will.
0: And I have seen it over and over again in our kids. You know, they, you know, you, you see the bad stuff, obviously, more obviously than the good stuff. But well, Nathaniel anyway. said
1: to me one day. I said to him. Um, he said a, a bit of a cuss word that he shouldn't have said. I said, no, Nathaniel, we don't say that. And then he just looked at me with such earnestness Aww. and he said, but dad, you said that the other day because I was working on something. And I hit my hand with a yeah, hammer yeah. or something and I just got really angry and I said a cuss word <clears throat> and I, I felt so convicted yeah. and I realized, yeah, and I said, I had to say to him that man, look, I'm sorry, son. I shouldn't have, yeah. I let you down there by even saying that. I shouldn't have, I'll work on it. You work on it. That's Let's right, work on yeah. it together. But That's yeah, right, they yeah. do see.
0: So as far as the joyfulness in particular goes, mm-hmm. you have to model it. And sometimes if you're not necessarily a joyful person by nature, yeah. fake it till you make it, mate. Like <laughs> you don't have a choice. And, yeah, it's and true. It, it means looking for things that give you joy. Yeah. And it means helping your children to find those things. Yeah. Um, we have a couple of friends, like beautiful people I can think of that I won't name. But um, I'm sure you'll think of the same people that are just naturally joyful no matter yeah. what life throws at them. Yeah. They're always smiling, they're always happy to see people. Mm. And I know like I can be or come across little Miss Mopey Pants. You know, like, yeah. like I'm not I have to kind of push myself to find that yeah. joy. Um so that's my first thing, model it. The second thing, or perhaps it should be the first thing, is that joy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's Good a fruit point. of the Holy Spirit. Good point. So, you know, if it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, then we ask the Holy Spirit to give it to us. Yeah, You know, that's point. where it comes from. It doesn't come from, from yeah. just, you know, eating your favorite chocolate bar. Oh, I feel yeah. joyful. You know, you have to actually demand it, basically. Yep. And say, so I want that. And we want it in our family.
1: Yeah. So praying for it's important yep. and cultivating. This is what, this was going yep. to be my point is, we often think of things like this, like these states as being things that somehow magically come or mm. they're sort of just there or, we somehow access them. No, no, no. They actually have to be cultivated. Mm. And it's really, really important. You have to work on this. And I've yep. seen, we've seen this in our home. Yes. If you don't, mm. um, then, you know, so if you want a culture of joy and a joyful spirit in your children, you've got to cultivate that in your home. Yeah. And you've also got to help them to see, like sometimes that means pointing out things. Like with our kids, I say, well, we should be really grateful for the fact that yeah, we got right. to go to church in peace today on a Sunday morning. Or mm. we had this family picnic and there was no bombs dropping like there are in Ukraine. Mm. You know, like, so we, we actually give them a sense of, oh yeah, instead of what are we missing out on? Oh, my mm. friend's got the latest thing. Yes. I don't have that yeah. thing. It's Do like,
0: not let joy come from possessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <but> what <laughs> have you got? Another one mistake. What yeah. have
1: you got? And, and celebrate yeah. that. And I think you've, you've really got to cultivate joy. And it is a proactive thing. And I think that here's the thing about joy as well. Um, By the way, if you can hear that noise, it's the rain. It's suddenly just come pelting down here. Rain Rain is beautiful. The rain brings me joy. But what we often too think of joy as like a sort of self referential gratification type Mm. thing. It's like, like you've just said, the rain brings me joy. And there are definitely things that bring us joy. But joy is also something much deeper than simple, mere happiness or pleasure. You can have a state of joy even in the midst of crisis. Mm-hmm. A youngest daughter is named after a lady named Edith Stein, and, and she was a, a Jewish uh, philosopher, one of the greatest philosophical minds of the last 150 years, in fact. And she had a conversion to Christianity and became a Catholic and ended up becoming a Catholic nun. And because she's Jewish, though, the Nazis – targeted Jews everywhere they could find them. She
0: was Jewish and Catholic and a nun.
1: Yeah, and so she ticked they a whole lot of boxes fans. they hated. Yeah. <laughs> she ended up being rounded up after the um, the Catholic bishops in the Netherlands spoke out strongly against the evils of Nazism. So they started targeting Catholics as well, and of course they found out she was Jewish. They'd been hiding her in a convent away in the Netherlands, and they found her there. She ends up going to Auschwitz concentration camp, and she's killed there. But the the accounts, the final accounts we have, the eyewitness accounts of her final days and hours, There's she takes her joy with it into that darkness and she's doing things like brushing the hair of children who often we know from the accounts that sadly a lot of women with kids they just broke down the trauma of by this time they knew what was coming and the trauma of it all just destroyed them and kids were often left abandoned because their mums had fallen into sort of a state of catatonia or their own sort of um, breakdown emotional Mm -hmm. breakdown. And so she, the stories of her, she's gathering these children around and she's being a mother to them and she's brushing their hair and she's bringing them comfort and joy. She's singing hymns apparently as they're mm-hmm. being led into the, yeah. the guest chamber. That's what joy looks like. Mm. And it doesn't mean that she's sort of, you know, it's a joy is not a naive sort of, I think in our cynical modern world we t- tend to think of it that way. It's the sort of naive, um, happy, clappy about everything. Mm. No, no, joy it can be really present too in moments of great suffering, and I think the Irish do joy. Funnily enough, I know this sounds strange, <laughs> the but crack. they look darkness in the face and, and yeah. they sort of they're like, it's another day. Yeah, it's just part of die. life.
0: Let's yeah, get on with life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and
1: yeah, so yeah. I think one of the ways to cultivate joy is to have a realistic outlook on life. Mm. Like, what are we owed? Well, we're not owed anything. We're not owed a single hour of our life. That's the mm. first thing. We're not owed any of the privileges that we have in life. Memento Mori, I think, matters. You know, mm. you are dust and unto dust you shall return. And if our children get that sense, the sort of a grounding that then helps them to see those moments that are, are really beautiful gifts in a different way. I think you do have to protect children too.
0: Yes, I was. that was going to be my next point, that yeah. um, if you're concerned about the weight of the culture on your children, mm. you need to not wrap them in cotton wool. Like, they're going to get enough of that. They're going to yeah. know the news. They're going to know what's yeah. happening outside in the big world if they go to school. Yeah. Yeah just wherever, they're going to hear it. They don't actually need it in the home. We don't watch the TV news yeah. or listen to it on the radio for this very reason because our kids, you know, there's some anxiety in a couple of them, yeah. but they know enough of what's going on. And we also want them to know from out, from the true perspective and yeah. from the perspective of Christianity, the the light on the, shedding light on the news on the things that are happening in the world, not yeah. just what the news wants to tell them, which, you know, in my opinion, isn't helpful most of the time anyway. This yeah. is the weather
1: ideologically corrupt so, so
0: we don't have the news on and we actively try to avoid them watching it because it's just every time it's been on it's led to
1: yeah and, 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 and to be fair there's I think a reason for that is our secular <coughs> culture is very utopian now mm. and this is what happens in utopian cultures because you cannot build a utopia it's an absolute mm. absurdity it cannot be built because human beings are flawed They we are fallen we have a mm. fallen nature the line between good and evil runs through the heart of every human being so there will never be a perfect utopia you can't build it with technology which we're trying to do at the moment or politics those are the two ways we're trying to build those utopias at the moment you can't do it Mm. and so what happens is secular society is falling into despair because it's like it's not working it's not working and so um, I think what you've got to do is you've got to um, deliberately help your children have a vision of reality that's Mm. authentic the Christian vision of reality negotiates Mm. evil and suffering and stuff very well and I think you've also got to shield them maybe there's conversations that that you need to have as, as parents that, yeah. that that they don't need to be party to That's initially right. or find ways to have the conversation, mm. always ground them in hope. And I think you've got to deliberately correct the excess. Mm. So here's one thing. We do know that the climate is changing and there are things we're going to have to negotiate about that. Like there's, there's going to be parts of the world, for example, that are going to experience um, challenges to how they live their lives because mm. of a changing climate. But what we've got now is we've got climate alarmism, and it's over the, off the charts. And you do probably have to step in as a parent, and we've done this, mm. and sort of correct it, where it like if they're having a homework discussion and it comes mm. up. Or they believe the myth of overpopulation. That's not the problem. The problem is we don't have enough people, actually. And so you don't want to scare them in the other direction, but you <laughs> want to sort of say they're like, oh, my gosh, we've got too many people. Because I'm seeing young people who are buying into the ideology of what's known as anti-natalism, which is like, well, we shouldn't have kids. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's a terrible, there's a loss of hope in that. Yeah. So, um, save the
0: planet for no
1: people. Have a, have a baby. <laughs> that's how you, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, and, and I get it. There's all these other things too, the way heavy, because it's not easy, is it? Because the, then the challenge, well, how do we afford the baby? Yeah. But, but the point is that, that, we, what I think one thing you can do for kids is give them inspiring people of hope as role models, particularly younger role models, people who have lived in dark times, but have actually done amazingly courageous things and, like Sophie Scholl one of my favourites mm. and our kids know about Sophie Scholl and her brother Hans and and they're like, they get a sense of heroic courage in the midst mm. of challenge and it's not, you don't just sort of shut up shop and say, oh, well, we're going to die, it's all over, the climate will get us and if not, some aliens or the AI will suck my brain out and turn <laughs> me into a Terminator. You know, like, like it's just, yes. it's all doom and gloom. So you've got to, I think you've got to actively, it's, it's really, again, it's actively yeah. fostering yep. a culture of hope and I think um, just get away from, like you've said, yeah, Get away from devices and go and do ordinary. Um, I was going to say mindless, but they're not. I think that they, like, They're joyful things where yes, you don't have but, your. But um, also, it's the simplicity
0: of simplicity of joyful things, especially for young children. And I mean, it's a, bit, a little bit different mm. for our older girls now, but for our younger kids, it's keeping keeping childhood simple. Yeah. And I um I thought to myself now when I think about joy and happiness and children, mm. there's a great philosopher I think of. Mm and I've read lots of his books lots of times, and his name is A.A. A. Milne. <laughs> and um, I'm halfway up the You've stage. got to think about him because, like, you know, sometimes you are going to be in a family of Eeyores. They might not mm. be Eeyores all the time, yep. but they will be Eeyores sometimes. Yeah. And how do you jolly them out of that, and how do, you, um, yeah. how do you keep that joy instead of things just being grump, grump, grump all the time? Like last yeah. night Nathaniel had to dry the dishes. He wasn't that happy about it. Uh, it, was, it was his chore for the week, and he had to, yeah. he had to do it. Um, And he said, can you put the timer on? Because last week I used the timer to encourage him to see how fast he could do it. And he said, but what's my consequence if I don't get it done in time? (laughs) Because last week he was going to lose game time. And I said, you'll get tickled for five minutes. And I could see this all sort of light in his eye that thought, but I quite like being tickled. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so he deliberately took one second too long to see if he could get a bit of tickling. Yeah. But that's just like, this is a lighthearted example, but he does. Well, here's
1: one thing I've noticed yeah. with him, and, and boys are often this way. He enjoys having a rumble with me.
0: Yeah, he does, yeah.
1: That that for him is, I can see it now more and more too, is he's actually starting to test his strength. He doesn't realize this is what he's mm. doing, but he's, he sees his dad as the measure yeah. Of if I can defeat my dad, then maybe I'm growing. I'm getting stronger in the world. He's not yeah. thinking that way, but it's what's happening to him, and he loves that. It's a form of engagement with him. That's right. Now, as a dad, I've got two options. I say push him, so I say, "Look, stop that." Yeah, I'm, I'm busy here, saving the world, son.
0: <laughs> Somebody's wrong on or, the internet.
1: I can take that moment, and yeah. and we have Embrace that it. jovial. Yeah. All right, mate. Let's see if you can get me to the ground. Then go. Yeah, that's right. You know, and and he loves that, and that's a moment of joy. His world is not just. A bunch of people telling him that the boomers have ruined the planet, right. that the climate's yeah. gonna get him, or the AI is gonna suck his brain out and, and use him as a as a, a zombie android creature. And you know, like like this actual moments of joy that he gets perspective out of. Yeah. That pull him out of that lie. Yeah.
0: And um I looked up this poem of <coughs> A.A. Melons that I remembered called Happiness. This is how it goes, it's quite short. John had a great big waterproof Oh, John had great big waterproof boots on. John had a great big waterproof hat. John had a great big waterproof Macintosh. And that, said John, is that.
1: (laughs) And I just think, like, for the
0: simplicity of childhood, Mm. and obviously John's about to head out in the rain. Yeah. But he's not dismayed about the rain. He's quite happy because he's got all his waterproof gear and he's going to go stomping around in some puddles. Yeah. And just to keep things in childhood simple like that, you know, to keep them pure... And the innocence of just going out in the rain and jumping in the puddles. And it reminded me of the first weekend of the first lockdown mm. where it poured and poured and poured and we thought, how are we going to do <laughs> yeah. this for six yeah. weeks? Like, how are we going to manage? Yep. And it, that, that Sunday evening, I said to Nathaniel and Eleanor, put on your raincoats, put on your gumboots, mm. the gutters need to be emptied. Yeah. And they were out there for an hour in the rain oh, they and that. they came inside and they were so happy. Couldn't get enough of it, and then thank you, Jesus, the sunshine for five more weeks after that.
1: I th- I think um, you're right. I think, and I think there's little things you can do, like each day, try and remember. Even sitting around the dinner table, have dinner together. By the way, should do that. That cultivates joyfulness. I think. Um, and what's one thing we can, can be actually grateful for this day? Everyone, just share that. Try and do that, even just once a week, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, give your kids little responsibilities that are their sort of thing. Like, um, speaking of the rain, we have a, a gutter at the end of our cul-de-sac which can sort of block up and it starts to sort of flood a little bit. Mm. And so Nathaniel has now taken it on his shoulders because he we sort of gave him responsibility a couple of years ago about this, mm. because we had some quite big flooding around our area, of someone had to go out and sort of check the drain. And so he came out with me initially and now that's his thing. That's so right. he has a sense yeah. of response. Now, why is that important? I think it's important because it's actually teaching your children that they can actually have power over circumstance. You know, like, the, it's a simple thing. You either sit there and go, oh, the drain's flooding. what do we do? Or... Um. I have power to actually change the course of that water. Now, not always do if the flooding's too great, Yeah. but what's happening more and more is our children are being disempowered, they're being saturated by scaremongering,
0: mm. and they feel... Don't go abs- outside when it rains, you'll get yeah, wet and yeah. cold. And, they they yeah. feel
1: absolutely powerless in the face of the world. And we often have a tendency as parents, I think, to want to wrap them in cotton wool. Mm. Don't do that. Fragility culture, which some really good authors, by the way, have talked about in the States, um, experts in this field, Jonathan Hyde's one of them. You can't, if you wrap your kids in cotton ball, man, that, if you want to talk about despair and losing joy, mm. do that to them. It, it won't help. Give them, you've actually, <clears throat> people talk about resilience, but I think very few people are serious in understanding what that actually looks like. Yeah. It, it, it's, what mm. actually needs to happen is you need to have children have a vision of reality that's bigger and a sense of empowerment mm. that they, and it's all around the practical. for mm. Like for a sense of empowerment for a child is, I have some practical ways of engaging with the world and, and, and that gives me a sense of sort of um, I'm not just a mindless player in all of this. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, but I think the big thing is you, you as parents got to – you've got to take responsibility for cultivating that. Yeah. Um, but
0: it's simple. It's a simple thing in the sense yeah. that you don't have to overthink it. You know, just no. it's just a, a tickle or a put on a song and have a dance. or Yeah. And when you notice the spirit in your home changing for the worse, mm. do something different. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, some have ice cream for breakfast. Do well, something different, you know? Well,
1: sometimes you do need to actually course correct quite hard. Yep. So, teenagers can get into that sort of, I don't know, cynicism. I've, I wonder sometimes whether Nietzsche was a teenager, but they, they <laughs> sort of, they do. They, they sort of, no, no, sucks, Dad. It just sucks, you know? But I think part of it is they want to stamp their mark on the world and they sort of think they know better. It's like, no, no, you don't understand, Dad. The world is bad. anyway. Because mm-hmm. my teachers have told me that and I know what's what. So, mm-hmm. you, you sort of, sometimes you've just got to say, look, you know what, dear? Your teachers. Um, they're great people, but they don't know everything and the world is bigger than what they think and X, Y, and Z. And so sometimes you sort of got to, and you say to them, I always say, when I have moments like that, I always say, trust me, your old dad, he knows a few things as well. And 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 one day you'll realize he's not quite as, and it sort of gives them a sense of, you're not mm. trying to have an argument with him. But, so sometimes you've got to do that and also be selective, like I said, about the type of conversations. Like if you're struggling with financial issues, don't be in denial about that. But mm. what I'm saying is maybe those conversations with your spouse, find positive ways to have them and have them once the kids are in bed. Yeah, right. And and, yeah. and if you are having those conversations and they're turning into massive arguments and the kids are hearing it and they're freaking out, then find um, support and help and strategies to not have an argument about a, mm. a crisis. Find a way to navigate that together as spouses mm. so that your kids are not left under the burden of feeling, is, is this all collapsing? Because you don't realize this, but your kids are looking to you as the rock. And, and we had an incident, actually, where we had a some years ago we were having a, a typical spousal disagreement about something and, oh, but well, you're wrong. She wouldn't we don't call me it and, argument, We call it making points. Yeah, we we're both making
0: our
1: we're points. Both making and, points. <laughs> well, perhaps you'd like to go and do that thing. Well, you'd like to just watch her wrong then, you know, and it's sort of it's <laughs> one of those moments. And one of our kids started crying and we sort of both got shocked out of the moment too and said, well oh, you know, what's going on? What's going on? And uh, one of our daughters said, are you going to get a divorce? And it was we were able to say to them, no, 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 we're, we're, you know, we're just making points. We're Christians, as the old joke goes. We might kill each other, but there'd be no divorce. And <laughs> and um and their the face changed. They lit up. It was like, oh, mum and dad, the, my world is not crumbling. Mm. And so um so but it was a real powerful reminder to be cautious about yes. how you engage as a husband and wife, uh, around your children. That that does. They're definitely, their world is built around that stability of the rock mm. of the family unit, and they sense when there's instability and when there's a lack of peace. and And if they can come back to your home as the rock, as the place of peace and prudence, and cut through all the stupidity of alarmism, mm. trust me, you will do a, a lot to cultivate joy mm. in the life. And that of the sense kids. of
0: security, which I think is, is yeah. count, you know, will hopefully counter what they're hearing, yeah. yeah, about the big scary world that's falling apart around their ears.
1: Well, and to be fair, the culture has collapsed. I think. Mm. It's, we're seeing symptoms of a collapse. we say it's collapsing. I think it has collapsed. Mm. We're seeing symptoms of the collapse and we're seeing a culture which has got so much money and technology that previously our culture would have just been conquered by someone else. But technology <laughs> and money has changed that a little bit. And so we're sort of a bit naive about what's actually happened. So what I would say, I think is really important, I'll go back to that <clears throat> point again, is actually give them examples of heroic virtue people who are heroic in, in cultures mm. that were in crisis and, and it gives them a sense that, so what if the culture's in crisis? A person can still be a person of virtue. They can still have mm. hope. Because if you're going to be courageous and like under the Nazis, that means you have a, even if you're not thinking about it, you have an orientation towards hope. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't take any action. Yeah. And it gives them a sense of, yeah, I can be a hero in my, I think it was, just to finish with, I think it was Chesterton who said that we should tell our kids stories about Dragons, because mm. you're not teaching them there's evil, just that there's evil in the world, but you're actually teaching them that dragons yeah, can be fought can be slain. and slain. Yep. And that's really, really, really important. Mm. Okay, second question. Uh, this is an interesting it's one.
0: four words, but it's, it's quite a bit. Yeah, what
1: constitutes human flourishing? <laughs> I didn't Katie. you
0: would answer that one. Uh, did you? As soon as I read it, I was like, that's clearly for Brendan.
1: Brennan will <laughs> answer this. Well, here's the thing. Two things I'd say about this, and I'll try to be quick. I'll try, I promise. You've got two minutes. Number one is this. The, the term human flourishing is not used as not uh, as much as it should be when it is used though often today it is completely misunderstood mm-hmm. by people and people tend to think of flourishing and human flourishing they tend to think personal happiness personal gratification mm-hmm. that's not what this means personal wealth yeah yeah yep. it's not it's yep. not now yes uh, social conditions economic conditions are part of or can be part of human flourishing. But that's not its – you've reduced it in a really dangerous, reductionist way if you just think, oh, my flourishing is – because I've had people say this to me, that, oh, well, I, you know, if I do what I want to, then I'm flourishing because it makes me happy. It's like, no, no that's mm. not what flourishing yeah. is. In fact, to flourish in life, you often have to do things that are actually hard and that suck. Yep. You flourish like ironically. Ironing your schoolwork. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say suffering, but for maybe for our teens, that is a big, how dare you? Pilot has burdened me with the cross of ironing. (laughs) So, um, yeah, Um, but it is, it's uh, your flourishing, your greatest flourishing actually comes. Your character is built in the hardship and in Mm -hmm. the annoying people and they're teaching you to love better and, and grow you and all that. God does his best work in that space. So human flourishing is not an absence of suffering. It is not self-gratification. It's not pleasure. So don't make that mistake. That's number one. Number two is in order to understand that, I think, and this is where things can get a little bit tricky for people today, you've got to have a comprehensive transcendent religious vision of reality, the human person, and morality. So you need to understand what human dignity is, who God is, who we are. We're sacred image bearers. And that helps to understand what human flourishing is supposed to look like. You need to have a comprehensive and objective vision of morality. Hmm. And that comes from a comprehensive religious vision of reality, which gives you what your moral law should be. Why? Because then you can understand that if I conform myself to what is good hmm. and what is true, I will flourish, even if doing what is good and what is true is hard. That's right. So, so yeah. I live in a sexually hedonistic culture, which we do. And it says just have sex <clears throat> with whoever you want to, whatever desire you have, you should satisfy it, and that will make you happy. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. You won't flourish if you do that. You put Absolutely. yourself in danger. Yeah. You flourish by going back to that comprehensive sacred vision of the person and reality, and of course morality tied up in that. And you recognise that an actual fact, uh, an actual fact. <laughs> I, I flacked. I'm not even sure what that is. Uh, a loving fact is a leastly. flacked. Yeah, at <laughs> least You, you. Um, there will be grammar lessons a debrief <laughs> after this podcast episode. Um, you flourish. By, in actual fact, giving yourself and self-giving love. So yes. I'm not going to be promiscuous mm. with multiple partners. Mm. That's not, that's not, and some people think that's flourishing because I'm happy having lots of sex with lots of different people. No, mm. your flourishing is found. So you've got to understand what the Greeks would call teleology, the end. What is the natural end, the good end of the sexual act? It is the bonding of spouses. Mm. It is the production, is the creation, production, of, the creation of new, the gift of human, not production. So that's all. There's no production line, <laughs> of, of new, <laughs> factory line, of new human life. And when you cooperate with that and you give yourself to that, that telos, that teleology, that end, you flourish. Mm. When you fight that, you don't flourish. So what is the end of the human person? Well, there's a lot of them, but really, it, I mean, the one end of the human person is rest in the life of God. Mm. And, and so rest is going to be fundamental to our flourishing. Peace. Mm. The the fruits of the spirit are, mm. are part, you know like it's all that sort of stuff. So it, it's really important. The, the big mistake I think people make, as I said, is that they think flourishing means my personal happiness. It doesn't. It's not the same thing at all. And when you cooperate mm. with goodness, when you cooperate with truth, you actually discover your freedom. You become freer, and you and you become and you start to flourish. Mm. Same for a group. Same for a family. Same for a society. Mm. Um, and what harms that is when you think that license. Is freedom to do whatever you want. That's where you find your – no, you don't find your flourishing at all. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, hopefully that answers – did you want yes, anything?
0: My, my answer was going to be that to truly love mm. is to flourish as a human. Yeah. So I think yeah, that's less true. words but the same thing. <laughs> <hopefully>. <laughs> and Well, and well we,
1: let me just add to that. Love God.
0: Like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Love neighbor. Yes. So love God, love neighbor, you know, families and spouse, they're mm. all part of that. You're right.
0: That's right and i think a really good example of this in my lifetime has been jp2 pope
1: john paul the second for those who are yep. not catholic listen
0: um carol vortiba yep. if we want to get really down to polish it polish pope uh just you know what you spoke about there with it, it's not a life without suffering and 100% yeah. like you know he came up through world war 2 through the nazis yeah um in a hidden seminary yeah behind the iron curtain
1: yeah so two major in you know, at last pope at 58 youngest last 100 years he survived two the two That's major tyrannies.
0: Right. and um you know, took on the burden of, of the papacy. Can I
1: say something? Two fun facts about that. Rude, okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's facts. going on the list for the deep <laughs> Um, Two fun facts. One is um, that you often used to say, see Pope John Paul II when he would pray at public worship and public services mm. and stuff. He would lie a cruciform, like the shape of a crucifix, mm. uh, at the front of the sanctuary on the floor facing the altar and stuff like that, and he'd pray like that. Apparently he'd prayed like at 5 a.m. every morning for an hour mm. like that. That came from apparently when he was in this underground seminary, the Nazis raided it one day, and he had no choice but to run up and hide in the attic. He lay down flat in this cruciform position and just prayed, mm-hmm. and they never found him. And that mm-hmm. became his method. Of pre- the other yeah, story yeah. I heard was this: from a, apparently one of his personal secretaries said this. His car, oh no, his hand was accidentally one day slammed into uh, a shutting car door. They slammed his hand in the door of mm-hmm. it. probably an old bimmin mercedes some heavy heavy door yeah yeah (laughs) or some italian car they slammed it. and apparently what he said was thank you god for loving me in this way wow and i'm like oh my gosh i've got a lot to learn
0: even when he was shot right yeah you know like the beauty of that that he took that assassination attempt Mm. and he um used it for good he forgave his his, yeah it's true attempted assassin and yeah so love and suffering and but but i you know it he he flourished before our eyes. Really, we were fortunate to be able to see him on the screen. I saw him in person a couple of times, and yeah, yeah. But it, but even in his flourishing, he he loved and he yeah. gave himself in his flourishing. He you, well, that's Harry that Flourish right to the end, yeah. right?
1: That, that's the paradox yeah. because the society says you'll flourish by seeking it. The, the Christianity says no. You you give yourself away. Mm. So Nietzsche was wrong. You know, Nietzsche says um, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. That was his one of his big maxims. Christianity says, "Well, what kills us actually makes us stronger." Mm. So it's self sacrifice mm. and it's you know self giving love that actually is the thing that really does radically and and so you don't seek out the flourishing, you seek out self giving, mm. and then the flourishing is yeah. found that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah, that, that's great. That's that's a really good point of distilling it down. How do you love? Love God, love neighbor, and have your your loves ordered correctly. Yes. That's the way you flourish. If you're loved, you can have good loves but they're disordered. Mm. So, you know, you're you have a love for Christian ministry mm. and evangelism, but you are robbing your family. That yeah. should be your first love. You can isn't? have a
0: love for good food and food is a good and it's yeah, comes yeah. from God. But if you love it too much, yeah, it's not good. Yeah. And it doesn't help you flourish. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. so
1: have your loves and and, and make sure that they wisdom yeah. is part of that too. So yeah, that, that's give to God what's owed to him, give to your neighbour what is owed to them. It's love. It's yeah. love, love, love. Truth, goodness, beauty. Uh, Third question um, How do personalities work together To make a great marriage And how do you value differences Maybe looking at someone Who's recommended The Clifton Strength Finder Now do you know about Clifton? I've
0: done the Clifton Strength Finder But it's a long time ago We didn't do it for marriage
1: reasons I did it for a ministry team That I'm involved in And you do the same Um, For those who don't know much about it We won't go into great detail But Clifton What's really great about it Is it recognises Particular characteristics Or Hmm. strengths you have You might call They are leadership strengths And then what it does is it also, it has a model where it looks at a whole team. And so you could do this in a marriage and you realise ah, our strengths, Mm. here's where our strengths complement each other. Here's where they clash. Mm. Uh, If you've got the same sort of strengths, here's why we, and what it does, it's great about something like Clifton is, I guess much like the love languages, it gives you an understanding of why you maybe fight or argue the way you do or... Um, why you struggle to negotiate certain things because mm. it's giving you a sense of where your strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah. So that's one thing. But how do, Katie, how do personalities work together to make a great marriage and how do you value the difference? great marriage. <laughs> <laughs> a great we're marriage. We're still
0: working on that part. Yeah. Um. Yes, should be said, we're not experts. Uh, I just think you, know, you need to look at where you complement each other and you need to be able to, in humility, say, you are better at X.
1: Yeah, that's true. So
0: generally speaking – I will bow down to your f- your prior knowledge and expertise in this area.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's so uh, that's yeah. a good. And that,
0: I need to get better at why, and what? I will make an effort to do that. Why? What? Why? <laughs> 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 why?
1: Oh, like asking X,
0: X or Y or Z. You know, oh, like, I need to get better at why some you... doing something, so I will try and work oh, on getting better yeah. at that. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. need to get better at loading the dishwasher. Yeah. So all the bowls have their babies. I, I feel like the same
1: this is the same. This is a rather pointed conversation. Um, yeah, that, that's a good point. I think. I think the first thing to recognise is that you're going to have, generally speaking, you are going to have personality differences. Mm. I know very few marriages where people are absolutely sympathetic. They do happen, well, but two personalities
0: are exactly the same.
1: No, because in it actual kind fact, of seems
0: a bit weird. Actually, it doesn't seem like it will
1: work. No, out and like. opposites yeah. attract. Yes, yeah. you, you you are drawn, but in saying that. The things that are your greatest strength will also be your greatest weakness. Oh my god! Well, no, it's true. <laughs> where, wherever your virtue is, that's also yep. where your vice, mm. uh, countervice, will be found. And also, often the things that irritate you most in your spouse are your yes, problems. That's right. You know, and and it, we're, we're both. It's mm, funny. We we are both very strong, intelligent people. Well, you are, dear. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think of myself as intelligent. No, but we are. We're both and <laughs> strong intelligent, uh, clearly enunciating communicators. And so that's a great strength. It's also one of our dynamite weaknesses because it's like – um, I'll tell you what's wrong and you're like yeah. i'll tell you what's wrong I'm gonna and, go
0: google that up right now <laughs> yeah and so we
1: both have a tendency that that can you see how that can overstep so mm. and, and i often get frustrated i'm like hold on a minute she's acting like she's the blooming intellectual boss of me and yeah. at the same time that's because I'm often acting like I'm the intellectual yeah. boss of you you know that that they, they sort of we see yeah. a weakness that's actually our weakness we project yeah. onto the other so i think the first thing is to recognize you do have personalities and differences that's, are actually not a bad thing
0: that's right Oh, differences are
1: great, mm. yeah. Because I think too many people freak out. And they think, oh, I think when we were first married, we had a, and you don't even remember this, I know, we had that argument oh, the about, the argument where, about, the about where the rice goes. The cupboard and, yeah. and and I know for you, because you said to me, you're like, oh my gosh, did we make a mistake getting married? And I was like, well, it's too late there anyway, but, <laughs> but we're in this for life, baby. But I was like, no.
0: Rice or no rice. I, 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 I rice thought now? to myself, oh,
1: right. what would my dad do? Tom Malone, what would he do? God rest his soul. And Tom Malone, he I did what he would do, and he'd say, no, nah, it's okay, dear. It's fine, it's just this is just the nature of any and, and uh, I didn't even really fully appreciate what I was saying back then, but it's I was right, it's just the nature of this thing, and we have different ways and different spaces. I've learned now, oh, there's a space that Katie has claimed as her own, and I was trying to claim it as my own space, so it was like you wanted that sort of nesting, um, you know, that the, the domestic space is yours, mm. and I was like, no. <laughs> I will decide where the race goes around here. Oh, thank you. And um, and it was like this is my. It's like get out of my space. So I had to recognise and it was sort of finding some of those boundaries that that that's a factor as well. I think. Yep. yep. Um. How do you value differences? I don't know. That's a that's a hard one, doesn't it? Because sometimes you, you sort to, of put up with you them.
0: You maybe need to. Yeah, but you maybe also need to recognise where those differences are a good thing. Like, um, I was going to say I quite like managing the budget. I don't always like managing the budget, but it is my strength. Yeah, you're really and good that at you. It. Appreciate that I do that. Yeah. You know, but you actually let me know that you appreciate it. And yeah. I say, Oh, you and your money, and stop telling me not to spend money. And yeah. You actually say, I appreciate that you do that for our family and that yeah. you serve our family in this way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny that because I feel a little bit like, Oh, man, you know, if you were to go to be with Jesus a bit before me, I could be <laughs> in real trouble with all these things that you. you this is
0: spreadsheet, babe. Let's use the spreadsheet. You'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> I'd look at it. More than one spreadsheet, my gosh, bridging. This thing's
1: alive. It's AI. <laughs> it knows more than I do about our budget. Just get dad in here. He'll um see Yeah, he probably would <laughs> help. Yeah. Eh? Um how do you value difference? I, I think what you've got to do is you've actually got to have a healthy respect for the difference. Mm. So I think I'm I'm getting better at this. It's always a struggle though, but it's recognizing, you know what, that thing that I find frustrating. Yeah. That difference is actually really important. So mm. when, when we were first married, that whole thing of I wanted to have the argument, you want to go away and contemplate, mm. then that's actually a really wise thing. I saw it as a hindrance. The difference, though, was really important. So for, for funnily enough, for both of us. So for but particularly, I saw in your going away to contemplate was actually allowed you to come back more up, level yeah. headed and calm yeah. about. A, a, an imp- important disagreement or conflict we'd had. So you'd been th- considered, and you had thought out actual arguments and points to mm. make, and it was calm. Mm. The Irish thouch is actually not always the good thing at all. No. In fact, often it's not. I and think it is. You know, so that you've got to value to, the difference. Yeah, though? It
0: flows on to other areas as well, where you'd want to maybe buy a thing or spend, you know, x amount of money on something. We actually needed, and it yeah. was fair enough. But you'd come in and say this is going to cost that much, and I'd sort of fly off the handle. Whereas if yeah. I could go away, you you learnt to come in and say. Yeah. please can you think about this, I've done the research, this is how much it'll be, this is the best yeah. option. And I'd say, okay, I'll come back to you in this amount of time. Yeah. Then it worked quite well. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to just barreling in and saying, we're going to buy this thing. And that's <laughs> having the humility, yeah. the virtue yes. of humility, yeah.
1: to recognise I'm not the smartest spouse in the room, we're smart together. That's right. And um, and if you both have that attitude, you'll be fine. If one person has it and the other person doesn't, you're in trouble because then they become a subservient sort of slave. But you recognise, so you've recognised there is prudence in this guy who is sort of saying we well, just got to do certain things, and mm. and you know, and so I curb your excess and you curb mine, yes. yeah. and and so your tendency maybe to research too much and not make a decision when it needs yeah. to be made, my tendency to, to make an impulsive decision. They both yes. need to be curbed. There needs to be a golden mean, yeah, and and that. But you've got to value the difference. Yeah, you've actually got to say that is valuable that she takes that approach and that I take this approach, yeah, and together. Yeah. And sometimes you have to call each other on and just say look I think we need to, we need to make a decision now. Okay. yeah we need to make a decision <laughs> or we need to spend more time discerning yeah you know and, and do and, we and, really need it yeah 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 because yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've plenty of things I've you're my discernment yardstick often mm-hmm. tell people I come with some crazy idea and Katie says yes dear okay <laughs> and now she knows to give me the time she's learned don't have an argument with them about how crazy that idea is just let him come to that conclusion by himself and um
0: some of your crazy uh, ideas have been awesome though
1: that's stuff. right. And you that's know, when I know. standing I, in one of them. Well, the office. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. And and that's when I know, because um, that's funny. That was an example, wasn't it? You yeah. were like, what? An external office on our property? Like a portacom? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. But it was the right decision, right? I could yeah. see something, but I, even I didn't really fully appreciate it. I mm. saw something but didn't quite get it. Mm. And then vice versa, there's been things where you've seen that I didn't quite understand. And then mm. I've realized, oh, no, you know. So, yeah, that's that, recognizing the difference and being having the humility to go with that. I and, think also you know.
0: thinking that differences can be a real blessing in, in how you parent your children as well. Sometimes they need yeah. your approach. Sometimes they need my approach, depending on the situation.
1: I've so, noticed that with Nathaniel. Yeah. And I, I, I hopefully it doesn't feel too onerous on you, but I've noticed sometimes I try to do this as lovingly as I can, but I'm like, man, my wife's this beautiful woman who loves our boy. She's she, He's the baby boy. and. But I am like now; it's the time for Dad to kick it to kick in the <laughs> chief and come in and say, "Look, son, no." Mm. And and you are like, "Oh, my boy!" And I am like, "I am looking. I am going, my warrior. You know, he's <laughs> got it. He, you know what I mean?" And you are going, it's my boy!" And there is that sort of tussle because he's got to that age where it's yeah, sort yeah. of a. And yeah. it's interesting to see that, don't But you are right; there is that difference, yeah. and you've got to. I think you've got to work with each other, and and I think don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Like you know, yeah, I, yeah. I tried. this probably something happened yesterday or the day before. And and what you ca- I can't do and you can't do is go. Oh my gosh, I'm going to fixate on that. Yeah, you know, yeah, Katie yeah. came in Absolutely. and did this thing, or yeah. Brendan came in when I was. T- and then all of a sudden, it becomes this big burning volcano beneath their right. relationship. You just got to yeah. go. Ah, oh, well, it's just I our think differences. You have to you teach know?
0: yourself to say, um, you know, when you're annoyed by something the other person has done or a way they've behaved or whatever, is to say, well, I'm sure that at some point in the last 24 hours, I have been just as annoying in another way. <laughs> yeah. You know, like actually. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's the humility, isn't it, to say,
1: and yeah. it it comes back to communication because the the danger too there is that's absolutely right, and you're spot on. And I think my danger in that regard is to say, oh well, we don't need to talk about anything because mm. mm. I'll just forget it's it, okay and now. you forget yeah, it, yeah. It's all but no, out. Yeah. what you got to do is you got to have the humility to let go of the personal grievance, and yeah. I've been wronged, and I have a right, <laughs> but also recognise, okay well, at some point we'll have a conversation or maybe this is a bit more serious We need to have a conversation mm. and, and you can't just sort of walk away from everything and be indifferent Definitely. about it. Definitely, like if, if the it's, niggles, it's, it's if the juggle, niggles right?
0: keep niggling, yeah. don't just keep ignoring them. You need to actually have yeah. that conversation. Yeah, but you're right.
1: Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. have that conversation from a point of personal grievance no. and I'm the wrong party and you're I'm perfect and you're not. Yeah, that's right. So you've got to have both and. Yeah. So yeah. So hopefully that makes sense, folks. Ah uh, yeah, <laughs> we're like uh. we don't <laughs> know what we're doing, but here's our advice. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, folks. Well, that's another episode done and dusted for this month. We're, we're sort of trying to juggle because Katie, you're about to start um another I just started contract, one and I'm about to start. Yeah, <laughs> start so you're job. sort of we've oh. got a little bit another temporary contract, need to bring the money in, so we're doing that, and uh, and so um, next month we'll just have to juggle around how we do it. Um, but yeah, we will be back next month with another episode. Do you want to say anything before we wrap up? No, I'm good. You're very good. Well, I'll give you a few moments to think about that. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of those expectations. (laughs) That wasn't a request. Um, But uh, while while we are thinking about that, um, don't forget, folks, that uh, if you want to support our work, our ministry work, you can do that. Uh, lifenet.org.nz, there's a donate button and it teaches you. (laughs) It teaches you. It shows you. It teaches you the way. (laughs) It's an AI. (laughs) Just uh, tell it your bank account and your PIN and it will get everything else (laughs) No, Don't do that. Uh, So it's got a donate page uh, on the website and it tells you the bank account details and how to make a contribution. One-off donation or ongoing ap all of it helps patreon.com forward slash left foot media is another way become a five dollar monthly patron and your questions and your comments and particularly remember andy mullins we're going to interview him so if you've got questions for andy around virtue so parenting with character Parenting with faith in the family and like neuroscience, maybe as well, related to that, not just, you know, <laughs> How, what is the plasticity of the human brain? You know, no, no, try and apply it to parenting. You know, <laughs> do you think AI will control our neurons? He no, might no.
0: appreciate I mean, some, some, some easy my... questions like that. You know, you might be like, yep, <laughs> nice one. My love it. <laughs>
1: so, um, but we're going to have more on. So, we want your questions. Please, please send us your questions. Uh, yes. Uh, so, do that at lifenet.org.nz or remember the new URL, thelittleflockpodcast.org, the little flock podcast.org. The little flock Podcast, all one word, lowercase dot org O R G. That means you can now share this podcast with your friends. Give them that link and all the episodes are there. They can listen. They can spam pick that platform. Spam all of your friends. And all that yeah, do spam or they can listen online. Um but yeah, send us your questions and send us your questions for Andy and when we do that interview and also just send us your questions in general. And uh yeah. Do you wanna say anything now that I've given you a bit of space? You've said to, all the things. You've said <laughs> all the things. You did well. Let's go and do our three part minstrel show. Make lunch let's kids. see what's happening with the kids on this King's <laughs> birthday uh, Queen, thanks. Queen's birthday oh Queen's yeah Queen's it's birthday. Queen's birthday <laughs> um, folks thanks again for tuning in don't forget live by goodness truth and beauty not by lies and we will see you next time on The Little Flock
0: see you, everybody The Little Flock is a joint production of the Life Net Charitable Trust and Left Foot Media
1: If you enjoyed this show, then please help us to ensure that more of this great content keeps getting made by becoming a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash Media.
0: Thanks for listening. See you next time on The Little Flock.